Welcome to another episode of D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. Uh, the VMAs were last night. Oh, they were. Yeah, on, on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sound old because I am old, but are the youths of today still, are they into the VMAs as much as we were? Well, Michael, I'm glad you asked that because as a youth of today, um, I can effectively speak for my yeah, people. Ask your, ask your daughter because she's probably the <laughs> demographic of the VMAs. You are not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if the, I don't know what they think youths are like I don't know what their target uh, audience is anymore. Well, because when we were kids, it was an event. Oh yeah, don't you remember like having like parties? No, because I didn't have friends. But... Well, I know when I say party, I mean I go over to one other. I mean like I hung out with one other person and watched it on TV. But like you stayed in. Even I remember girls who went out and had like lives and went on dates and stuff like that. Even they were staying in to watch the VMAs. Yeah, and you huge. like and those moments. Oh yeah, still stay with me. I mean, all you know, Madonna like, doing Vogue. Yeah, Britney and the Snake. Well, that was like 2000. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking like 90s for me. <laughs> I'm talking, dying, I'm talking. My memory is You were 90s snake. too, girl. I know I am, but I didn't. Okay, but here's the thing though. We didn't have MTV when I was um, younger. So I didn't technically start watching it until. So our music channel is called Much Music. And yeah. eventually Much Music started broadcasting the VMAs. They didn't broadcast it before then? No, I don't think oh my so. God, that's we weird. Didn't... I thought it was international. Oh, God, no. I don't think we got it until, like, 97. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we had to wait till like, the sync Britney kind of generation before we saw it. You missed a lot, so you should file a class action lawsuit against MTV. Yeah, you really should. So, yeah, I don't know if the kids are into that. I mean, they have so many distractions nowadays, like TikTok, whatever, Snapchat, that they probably don't give a shit. Yeah, they don't know what a music video is anymore because they're just watching an Instagram video of someone and they're like, that's a video, right? Yeah, so they like turn, they turn on the VMAs and there's like, where's James Charles? Oh, he was actually there, which. <laughs> there was so a lot forget of... it. That's a yeah. bad, bad example, but you know where I was going with it. Yeah. So anyways, it, it was, it happened. So the winners mm-hmm. included Billie Eilish. She won for best new artist and push artist of the year, which sounds kind of porny. <laughs> yeah. Porny or like going into labor, a, yeah. a labor award. Or both. Why not both? Yeah. Why not? Just like the taco girl says. Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus won for Song of the Year, mm-hmm. Ariana Grande for Artist of the Year, and Taylor Swift won two big awards, including Video of the Year. But we're going to get into Taylor later. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, we're going to get into the real star of the night, uh, John Travolta. Yeah. No, we're not going to get it. Not yet. Missy oh. Elliott. Yes. So... It took like 500 years at least, but Missy Elliott finally got the Video Vanguard Award. Yeah, which is essentially saying this person makes really good music videos. Yeah, so she should have gotten it a million years ago. Yeah. But what surprised me about that is how much time they gave her. Are you saying they gave her too much or not? No, no. I think they they gave her... They gave her, you know, I was surprised that they gave her so much time because I thought that they'd give her like five minutes and four of those would be, you know, like Iggy Azalea and Bad Baby doing her songs. 
That's what I thought was going to happen. MTV must have known, though, because, like, going into it when they were, like, marking off their, like, little schedule on their whiteboard, right, in their office, they must have been like, okay, we have to give Missy Elliott a, a good chunk of time. Like, we cannot cut to James Charles or, like, Jake Paul in the audience after, like, three minutes. We have to give her a huge chunk because people will be ripping our asses on Twitter because Missy Elliott is such a legend. Like, I think we can all agree Missy Elliott is great. Find me one person who's like, Missy Elliott's fine. She sucks. Whatever. Like, nobody would ever say that. Bad Baby. Yeah. Well, no, even Bad Baby would be like, she's okay. Like, she she would have something kind of positive to say. So, like, I think that they probably were like, yeah, we have to... Because didn't, didn't, like, Pink win the Video Vanguard Award one I year? I think... Well, last year was J-Lo, right? That's or was right. Pink last year. No, I think it was... J-Lo last year, maybe Pink the year before. I don't know. But yeah, Pink, she got it yeah. at one point. Point is, this was like a long time coming, and I think that we all agreed that she deserves it. Listen to me talking like the VMA Video Vanguard Award is like the pinnacle of a Lifetime Achievement Award. Like, Missy deserves this. She worked her entire career for this. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, it I is mean, still yeah. technically... An award. It is still technically a good award. It's not a... Teen Choice Award surfboard. Well, to me, like, out of the, uh, you know, VMA's awards, it's mm-hmm. the only one that seems kind of prestigious. Oh, my God, we sound... Forget it. Let's cut all of this. <laughs> so, anyways. So, they gave her... So, they... Before, like, her performance, they did a little video where people like Lizzo, Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. Timbaland talked about her and her influence. And then she did a performance of her greatest hits... And she did a speech. So the performance was easily the best of the night. Easily. Like, I liked Lizzo. I liked Queen Latifah. but And I like Rosalia. But Missy was easiest the the best one. And it's so good because she didn't have to put in any effort. It could have been the most fuck effort performance because I were already on board. Like, I was already prepared to love it 100%. She could have just sat on a couch for eight minutes. And I would have been like, this is great. Give her every moon man. But she put in so much effort. She put in way more effort than I think anyone in their right mind would have put in. She brought out the, um, like, the marshmallow suit. Yeah, she brought out, like, the garbage bag suit yeah. from the rain video. She had a scarecrow moment. I love mm-hmm. a scarecrow moment. So and good. she brought out that little girl from the Work It video who Who's is not, not a little, little girl, girl anymore. anymore. <laughs> She's... Uh, Allison Stoner, which mm-hmm. Allison is, would be your stage name if you were a weed-themed porn star. So I know. If that can't happen anymore, sorry, because there's know. already an Allison Stoner. But she's 26, mm-hmm. and she so she was in the Work It video, and then she did her thing during Missy's performance. And she tweeted that they asked her to do the performance only a day before, <laughs> so she like had the moves in her. She did blood. But I also kind of love how she called out, like, the MTV VMAs for really not good planning. Like, imagine that the night, the day before being like, hey, you know who we should get for this performance? That little girl that everybody loved. Yeah, let's call her up and see if she's available. Well, I'm sure they tried to get Bad Baby, but she turned it down. So they had to go with the second. Um, they had to go with Allison Stoner. So after the performance, Cardi B introduced Missy, which... I thought was a choice. <laughs> I didn't quite understand that. Who, but... well, who who would you have picked? Well, there was Ciara. You know, people that Missy Elliott has worked with. It should have been Ciara. Yeah, it was. So it was it was a little 
okay, but mm-hmm. whatever. So Missy thanked all her regular collaborators and thanked Busta Rhymes, Madonna, Janet Jackson, and Peter Gabriel for, bl- for being influencers to her. Mm-hmm. And she dedicated the award to the dance community. And lastly, I want to dedicate this award to the dance community. All, all around the world. Because when y'all get on the stage with these artists, it is not, y'all are not just props. Y'all are the icing on the cake. Y'all are the beat to the heart. And so I dedicate this to every dance community out there. While I was watching, I took it as a slap at Lara Spencer, which we'll get to in a bit, mm-hmm. but probably not. Like, hopefully Missy has no idea who fucking Lara Spencer is. She, Missy Elliott's not getting up and watching Good Morning America in the morning. Good, she should not. No, no. she's so, better than that. So Missy was amazing, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And if you did not watch any minute of the VMAs, you can just watch Missy. That's all you really need to watch. It's true. And it's on MTV's YouTube channel. So yes. Taylor Swift opened the show with You Need to Calm Down and Lover. So mm-hmm. You Need to Calm Down is her LGBTQ anthem. And in the video, she's got every gay person of live, except for me. And James and- Charles. And James, he's not in it. I'm surprised he's not in it. (laughs) So some of them performed with her on stage. Right. And like I said earlier, she won two big awards. She won Video of the Year and Video for Good, which is like the do a video with a message. Right. Every Every time she won, she brought everyone who performed with her onto the stage. And it took them forever to get onto the stage. Yeah, it was kind of like if uh, Polyphonic Spree won an award. Ooh, I'm really dating myself with that reference. I know. I thought you were like 19 years old. Yeah, yikes. How do you know? Well, you like vintage retro music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super old music. <laughs> no, but I mean, part of me liked that she brought everyone up because I think that I like people would have been really pissed off if she hadn't because just the whole message of her like song and video. And well, no, whatnot, I get it. But I get yeah, it, but yeah. She, it's, she wanted to make something about not about her for once. Yeah. But she still beat it about her, though, because it took them like 12 minutes to get up to the stage. They would hug each other and mm-hmm. they would come on stage. And I'm just like, she knew she was going to win because the check cleared. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knew she's popular and they'd all vote for her. So she should have planned this out better because it took them forever. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's a nitpicky thing. But she, so Taylor apparently only agreed to perform if MTV also gave an engraved moon man to every drag queen who was in the video for You Need to Calm Down. So every drag queen who was in the video got two moon men each. I kind of like that. I mean, I like it. I would like it too. I would like it if I was them because I'd put that on eBay so fast. Oh, I wouldn't put it on eBay. Michael, I never got any kind of trophy or medal when I was a kid. And if I could get an award by association like that for like very, well, I shouldn't say little effort because putting like doing the wig and the makeup and the tucking, that's a lot of work, but I would have wanted that. Oh, you'd still put it on eBay. You'd eventually put it on eBay. I put one of them on eBay. Okay. So since Taylor's all, you know, all about equality now, mm-hmm. her speech during, after she won video of the year, she pushed equality and also mentioned the petition she put together to get the Equality Act to the center. At the end of this video, there was a petition, and there still is a petition. Woo! 
for the Equality Act, which basically just says we all deserve equal rights under the law. And I want to thank everyone who signed that petition. So it has over 500,000 signatures. And she said in her speech that they needed 100,000 to get a response from the White House. Right. But they haven't yet because Trump is Trump and he's also on Team Kardashian. So he's not going to help one of Kim Kardashian's rivals. No, he's not going to look at that snake's petition. No. But the big Taylor moment mm-hmm. of the night came from John Travolta. Yeah. That, that mess, John Travolta. So John Travolta and Queen Latifah presented Video of the Year. And when Taylor won, like we said, everyone came on stage, including Jade Jolie, mm-hmm. who is a, who's a drag queen from the fifth season of RuPaul's Drag Race. She played mm-hmm. drag queen Taylor in You Need to Calm Down. Then yeah. you need to calm down video. And she was also, she performed last night. Yeah, because there's that scene in You Need to Calm Down where there's like all the drag queens of like pop stars and stuff like that. And Yeah, and there's like a, is there a Britney? I don't think, ooh, oh, I can't God. remember. <laughs> I, I'm like, I can tell you that there's a Lady Gaga, but I can't There's really a Gaga, there's a Beyonce, I think. But, ooh, yeah. okay, so anyways. <laughs> so, so when, she, so John was on stage with, J. Jolie, the other queens, a bunch of people. And there's a clip of him trying to hand the moon man to Jade Jolie. Yeah, like he's, like, take, thought, he's like, take your award. Take your award. And she's like, what? Huh? And she's smiling. <laughs> and everyone's thought is that he thought Jade was really Taylor. And of yeah. course, it brought on the, you know, Adele Dazeem jokes. Because as we know, like, he fucked up Idina Menzel's name at the 2014 Oscars. So, but do you really think he thought Jay Jolie was Taylor? Yeah, I do. Really? <laughs> because when you're like that rich and that famous and that removed from reality, you could have had anyone in a blonde wig approach him and he would be like, oh, Taylor Swift. Here's your award, Taylor Swift. Like, I don't think. And look, he's like locked up in the Scientology, like, house. Scientology castle. It looks like a castle. castle. Um, it does. The celebrity center looks like a castle. Anyway, he's like locked up there. He doesn't. He doesn't know anything. Like he's not like in tune with the reality. Like he all he knows is Scientology stuff. So when he's like trotted out to present an award, like he probably did look at Jade and was like, "Yeah." And they don't have drag queens in Scientology. Um, Kirstie Alley. Thank you very much. Okay, that's fair enough. But like he probably looks at Jade Jolie and is like, "Well, I guess that's what Taylor Swift looks like." outside of an HD camera. Like, I suppose that's what she looks like in real life. See, and Jay Jolie doesn't even really look like Taylor Swift to me. I got more like Olivia Newton-John. So, J- like, John should have been like, oh, Olivia, and then they should have done, um, what's that? What's that shit that they did? You You're know the that one song that... No, no, no. Oh, the Christmas they, song? I think you might like it. Where they're, oh, like, yeah. line dancing. Anyways, if you haven't seen it, Google that. Anyways. That's yeah, what they should have done. Really but tremendous. no, what was sh- more shocking to me is how John Travolta casually said, like, shit and fuck throughout <laughs> what, b- while presenting video of the year. He, like, said shit and fuck a couple yeah. of times. Because that's a Scientology thing. Okay, I'm going to get, like, deep into a Scientology hole right now. But that's re- apparently a Scientology thing is that they tell Scientologists to be relatable to people. And by and one of the ways they can do that is by, like, swearing in, like... um. Uh, like an awards show. That's why so he's like, trying to be down with the kids. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, no, we're Scientology. Scientologists are like cool. They're not like weird and awful. Anyway, well, like that like, took me by surprise. And mm-hmm. he's no longer wearing wigs. Like he's embracing the dome. I do. So like he that. looks like a bald daddy. 
So yeah. watch out, boys. Allegedly, <laughs> here comes Johnny B. Butch. <laughs> Butch, Butch Johnny. So on the last episode, we went into detail about like Miley Cyrus, and it was the last episode we talked about Miley and Liam breaking up, right? Yeah, their their marriage is dead. Yeah, so we talked about last episode. A lot has happened since then, but we won't get into it totally because who really cares? But Miley is still with Caitlyn Carter, mm-hmm. and Liam filed for divorce after seven months of marriage. And uh, a little while before Liam filed for divorce, Miley released a song called Slide Away, mm-hmm. which is all about the split and how she wants to run to the hills or whatever, and he's a drunk and likes whiskey. Mm-hmm. So she sang that song at the VMAs, uh, and the M- MTV kept promoting it as like the emotional moment everyone will be talking about. Right. So I was, well, I was expecting drama. Yeah, I was expecting her to like drop to her knees and start crying. Throw her wedding ring into the audience. Maybe tear up a picture of him. Yeah, sign sign the, the divorce papers with a pen between her ass cheeks while twerking. You know, something, yeah. drama. Mm-hmm. But she just... Uh, stood there in black yeah. and they put in black and white and she sang the song it kind of reminded me of that you know that instagram filter that's like um it's like noir it's black and white and there's like a beret and like red lips oh like the fishnet yeah the fish net. <laughs> that's what it reminded me they of. they should have that. given her that that would that would have given it some drama a that's float- what they needed yeah a floating hat with the fishnet above her eyes it would have been great and it would have covered up that wet look hair i fucking hate that wet look i hair. hate wet look hair so much because it never looks wet it always just looks greasy yeah it always like i tried it in the 90s it was horrible like it's such a waste of gel you did it with gel Oh, yeah. Did, Did it with get... gel. It, it's disgusting. Yeah, we, so you would buy, I think it was LA Lux. Oh, of course it was LA Lux. <laughs> wet look gel. And like the only thing it's good for the wet look is like if you need lube, you just <laughs> run your hand through your head, rub down your coochie or your b-hole and you're good to go. That's the only good thing it's good for. Kids don't do that. You're going to end up in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeast infection. Yeah. So the host was Sebastian Maniscalco. Who? <laughs> I know. I, I Have you ever heard of him? No. For real? No. And everybody online is like, oh, well, he's really popular. He's like one of the like highest paid comedians. I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Big. I've never heard of him. Yeah. He's huge. Apparently. Like like you said, he, he's one of the top earning comedians. So mm-hmm. he's also 46. And Which, that's a little long in the tooth to be hosting the VMAs. Yeah, so, and a piece of his opening monologue was making fun of millennials needing safe spaces and being triggered. This is happening for the first time. MTV, what they're doing is is they, they notice that we're living in ultra-sensitive time, right? So if you feel triggered, <laughs> or you feel offended by anything I'm saying up here, or anything the musical artists are doing, they're providing a safe space backstage where you get some stress balls and a blankie. And also, Little Nas X brought his horse, which will, yeah, horses backstage, which will double as an emotional support animal. That, of course, went over well. And he got dragged on Twitter for making fun of safe spaces. Well, yeah, because when you consider the who the audience is supposed to be, it's like Sean Mendez. It's like all people who are like late t- 
teens, early 20s, and then someone who is basically one of their dad's friends is making fun of safe spaces. Who thought that was a good idea? I don't know who thought that that hiring him was a good idea. Like, get Peppa Pig. That's more of the... Oh, she's too big for that shit. Let's Peppa be real. Pig. Peppa Pig comes out. She, like, starts twerking on, uh, on Lizzo. <laughs> I think this is probably as good a time as any to move from the VMAs to GMA. Oh, did you like that one, Michael? I loved it. I loved it too. I'm I'm embroidering it on a pillow. I right wish now. They, I wish Oscars. I wish they give an Oscar for podcast writing. Oh, me too. You would I, get I, them all. I, oh, you get the trophy you want. I know. I I'll take anything at this point. So on Thursday's episode of Good Morning America last week, um, Lars Spencer opened up. There's like a GMA uh, segment called Pop News. So it's it's kind of like you yeah. Know, she's things. like their entertainment reporter. Yeah, so she's like running through little stories and stuff. And she opened it up with a story about Prince George's school curriculum. So Prince George is six. This year, he's in a thing called year two, which sounds like maybe our version of first grade. Who knows? Anyway, but he's in year two at Thomas's Battersea, um, his private school. So she's talking about all of the new things that he's going to be doing, which is French class and drama class and religion studies and computer program computer programming Uh and then when she got to the last part she got really shady with her voice and she was like and he'll also be taking a ballet class and like stupid queen yeah (laughs) yeah like silly queen (laughs) have fun with your dance class you little sissy it was so mean she's like laughing like crazy too like she's like "Ah." she does that laugh where you don't actually laugh at all like her mouth is open but no noise is coming out. Honestly, in her defense, and I hate saying that, like mm-hmm. George Stephanopoulos and the other blonde one, they mm-hmm. laughed too, so they should be getting shit as well. They laughed too, and the whole audience laughed. If yeah, you so- like go and watch the video, there's some people in the background that they're gonna like lose their lose their pants. They're so excited. But honestly, they may have not even heard her. They're just like we just were told to laugh. Yeah, they're like what get, that what what she has is what she's saying. Yeah, they're like you get a free bottle of Fiji water if you laugh through this segment. So yuck it up, losers. So anyway, Prince William has said before that Prince George loves ballet class, which is super cute. He's six years old. So Laura, she like laughed and she said, Prince George, Prince William says George absolutely loves ballet. I have news for you, Prince William. We'll see how long that lasts. (laughs) (laughs) So she was kind of being like, oh, once Prince William or once Prince George realizes he's a boy, maybe who knows? Yeah. Once his vagina turns into a penis and he becomes a real boy, he won't. Like yeah, dance anymore. Yeah, it had some real shades of uh, like awful gender stereotyping. So obviously, people got really pissed. So lots of dancers um, took to Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. People like Debbie Allen or and Cheetah Rivera, Gene Kelly's widow, um, and they dragged Laura, saying that I mean, first of all, it's so mean to make fun of a six-year-old, but then also it's really stupid to make fun of a boy who likes dance because there's plenty of dancers that are guys. So on Friday, the day after, Laura apologized on Instagram, but it was like the shittiest apology. It was just like, everybody loves to do what they want to do. Sorry, guys. Anyway, so. Yeah, she didn't even try. Mm-mm. I don't even think, I think, and I think a, she wrote that, not a publicist. Oh, she definitely wrote, that was not a publicist. That was mistake number one. Yeah. yeah. So over the weekend, clearly someone at ABC was busy because on 
Good Morning America on Monday morning, Laura opened up. Oh, yeah, up. I fucked up her weekend because she had to do this damage control thing. Yeah, and like so much damage control. So it opened up with an apology. So she says, I screwed up. I did. The comment I made about dance was insensitive. It was stupid. And I am deeply sorry. I've spoken with several members of the dance community over the past few days. I have listened I have learned about the bravery it takes for a young boy to pursue a career in dance. So that a publicist wrote. That should have been her first apology. It should have. Um, But then Laura interviewed three male dancers, which the segment should have just been called Damage Control. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was so obvious what it was about. And I just like love like Laura delivering the hard hitting news last week of being like, here's your pop news. And then on Monday being like, I sit down with three brave male dancers to talk to them about dancing while male. To enlighten my mind. And she's she's all like getting serious, scrunching her face a little bit. Yeah. Her like her hand is like tucked under her chin and she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see. Mm -hmm." She's like doing like the kind of like Oprah, (laughs) Oprah interview. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was it was really bad. Now I I wonder though, Michael, do you think that she was how serious do you think it was at Good Morning America? Like, do you think that they were having the type of meeting where they're sitting around being like, Laura, you're gonna be fired? Or was it just more like, oh my god, people are not gonna stop tweeting about this until you apologize properly? That's what it was, the second one. I don't I didn't think she would get fired over it, but I knew that something like that was coming. And what was funny in that mm-hmm. damage control segment where she was interviewing the three male dancers is one of them is in the cats movie. So they were playing like <laughs> scenes from cats. So it's basically a cats ad, which I don't hate. So the good thing that came out of this is cats got some attention. It yeah, it did. Did cool. you ever take dance? Well, when you were a kid. All right. Well, I think I've spoken before on the website about uh, I took figure skating. And so that's dancing on ice. It is. So I actually had to take some dance classes outside of skating because I was not that graceful. And uh, so those were the dance classes I took. But I only took like ballet. I always really wanted to take um, like tap and jazz. Yeah. And I was not um, I did not have the rhythm. I guess well, you, you could still say. can. There's still time. Oh no, trust me, I didn't I didn't all of a sudden grow rhythm in the past uh sixteen years. <laughs> Five years. Yeah. Michael, did you ever take dance classes? Well see, my sister, when I was a kid, she was majorly into dance. Like really? dance moms type thing. She was part of a studio. Wow. And then okay. They'd compete against other studios. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to so many rehearsals i'd go to every single competition because i loved it i mean it's basically like girls in sequins dancing to like paula abdul songs so it's my my heaven and all of them are really ambitious too like they're all like really serious about it no not some of them are like i'm doing this for fun yeah there's like the and there's the ones who are like this is my job this Mm -hmm. is my career and then there's the ones who are like having fun so she had a teacher who was a dude And he told my mom that I should be in dance. Mm -hmm. He said he should be in dance. And I really wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. But I was already made fun of for like being a big fag. (laughs) So I knew I'd get made fun of even more. So I didn't do it. I never did it. And I wish I would have done it. Because like if I did, I could have had like a major dance career. I'd be in the Cats movie. You could at least be on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah, and then the Cats movie, and I blame Lara Spencer. It's her fault. Fuck her. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sorry that you never got to take dance classes. Again, Michael, it's not too late. You could take dance classes now. Oh my god, I sprained my fucking ankle walking from my computer to the refrigerator. <laughs> can't even think of dance. I sprained my ankle just thinking of jo- signing up for a dance class. <laughs> Both your ankles just blew out. I just broke right now. Okay, so we're ending with a story that's kind of old, but I want to talk about it because it fascinated me. Mm-hmm. So... Energy started their government-backed program that promotes energy efficiency. They've put out their recommendations for what you should keep your thermostat at in the summer. Right. They suggest that when you uh, get up in the morning, you should put your thermostat at 78 degrees Fahrenheit, which is around 25 Celsius. Mm -hmm. So during the day, they say you should keep it at 85 Fahrenheit, which is around 29 Celsius. And when you're sleeping, you should keep it at 82 Fahrenheit, which is around 27 Celsius. They claim if you keep your thermostat at those temperatures, you'll save about $180 a year. Well, yeah. I mean, I believe that because it's not super cold. Like, you don't have your air conditioning up crazy. Yeah. And... You know, well, I think it depends on where you live, though, because, like, I live in a very cold climate. And yeah, so that would all work for you. Yeah, it would, but i got to keep my heat up. But okay. um, but the point is, I think, I don't know, some of those temperatures, I have a feeling people would have a really hard time with because they would feel too warm. I'll get to that. So okay. the U.S. Department of Energy, mm-hmm. they agree. They say you should keep your thermostat at 78. Mm-hmm. But the National Sleep Foundation says that if it's too hot at night, it'll mess up like your body's natural sleep temperatures and you mm-hmm. won't sleep well. So they say you should keep your thermostat at 65 degrees Fahrenheit. 65? So, yeah, so like... That's fucking refrigerator. Much so the National Center for Biotechnology agrees and a study from 2010 showed them that Heat exposure increases wakefulness and decreases slow wave sleep along with rapid eye movement sleep. Um, Cold exposure, however, does not affect sleep stages, though the use of bedding and clothing are critical when achieving a peaceful night's rest in cold environments. So this started a Twitter war, of course, like everything does. Mm -hmm. And many, 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 many disagreed, saying They keep their thermostat in the 70s or even 60s when they're sleeping. Donald Trump Jr., (laughs) of course, I mean, he has nothing else to do. So he slammed this on Twitter and he tweeted that the study, the findings or whatever came, the recommendations, I should say, came from a 2009 EPA Obama report. And the Trump administration does not want to control your thermostat. So they don't want to control your thermostat, but they do want to control your uterus. So do with that what you will. Oh, my God. Okay, what is your thermostat set at in your house? See, this is why I wanted to talk about this, because I was shocked. Like, when I was reading the the responses Mm -hmm. on Twitter, uh, you know, like, how... And people were saying, like, those recommendations, like, they die, their pets would die, their (laughs) plants would die. Like, and I live in Hell's Oven, and it was uh, 109 degrees Fahrenheit today. Oh, my God. And I kept my thermostat at around 81. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I never have it in the 70s. That's and when my... I sleep, I sometimes don't even turn it on. I can't. I, I, Your I, air conditioning? You sleep with no air conditioning? Sometimes I do not sleep with air conditioning. I can't. 
Like oh if I God. do, I'll keep it around 83 because if I, if it's like people are saying 68 or whatever, 65. Yeah. I could never, like I, even in the seventies, I would get sick. Oh, like I, maybe because I sleep with my mouth open, which the jokes hey, write themselves. The jokes write themselves, yeah. But like I get sore throat and I just feel like shit. I can't sleep. Oh my God. I mean, I'm with you on that. I don't love air conditioning. I'm I'm a hot weather person. I'm a bit of a lizard. And yeah, me too. Yeah. So for me, I like it warm. Like I don't have air conditioning really in my apartment. Um, like I have it, but I don't turn it on. And, uh, but I have a cousin who's like, they're like a 65er, right? Like their air conditioning has to be set super, super cold. Yeah. And it feels... Yeah, most people are probably like that, right? Well, I think so. Well, because you get... The thing is you get used to it, right? So then once... Like I love heat... So no hot day in the summer bothers me because I'm like, this is great. It's beautiful out, right? Yeah. But people that are in super cold air conditioning all the time cannot handle the heat. Like I used to have an old boss. Well, that's who, why there's office wars, which are which you're oh, gonna get that's into. A right? whole, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other thing. So like, um, I used to have a boss who was uh, our in our office. It was set at like. I'm not kidding, like 61, right? I it think was... a lot of offices are yeah. like, that's like icicles on my ass. Okay, yeah, I know. Every, every part of you is chilled. So I think the reasoning behind that is mentally people are like, well, if we keep it colder, people work harder. They're yeah, not they'll like, stay awake. Yeah, but the studies have shown that that's not the case. People, women specifically, uh, work better when it's warmer. Um, but yeah, so this boss that I had, the air conditioning was always set to 61 and he'd come into the office and he'd be like, oh my God, it's so hot in here. It's so much hotter than my home. And I was like, what the hell temperature do you have it set in your home if this is too hot for you? And then I just realized like, oh wait, he's like in freezing cold. He, yeah. His like, t- his, yeah. you know, tip of his penis had a little ice cool on it. And I realized like, okay, when you're in that much air conditioning, when you go into even like a bit of a warm thing, you just like can't handle it. Like you're, you've like changed your body. You become a polar bear, I guess. Yeah. So you, yeah, you're right. Science. So you get used to it. Yeah. And that's why like people were saying, oh, you know, if I had it at 80s, my dog would die. My dog, and I'm like, my dog seems fine. He doesn't pant. He doesn't, I mean, he may fart out a fireball every now and <laughs> again, but I'm sure that's from what I feed him. And now Alice and I are going to go over five stories, starting with Leslie Jones. She's mm-hmm. been a regular on Saturday Night Live for five seasons, mm-hmm. but the Hollywood Reporter says that she won't be back for the 45th season because she's got other things going on and wants to focus on her movie projects, including the Coming to America sequel. She also mm-hmm. has a Netflix special mm-hmm. in the works. So Kate McKinnon and Keenan Thompson, who has been on for 44 of those 45 seasons practically. Mm-hmm they have signed on for another round. Right. You know what? Leslie said, like, people say that she's leaving because she's got, like, projects and stuff in the works. But honestly, she probably called it quits after she saw that Colin Jost had proposed to Scarlett Johansson. She she's couldn't probably, take it. Yeah, she's just like, well, no point in sticking around this dumpster anymore. <laughs> well, and honestly, he should go with her because he's only interesting when she's thirsting over him. It's true. Oh my god! I thought I thought you were going to disagree with me because I thought that you loved Colin Jost. You would seem, it would seem like you would seem the type to love him. What? That is so. I feel so. <laughs> you're so, you're gonna like, slap me, <laughs> Michael. That's like white profiling. I've never felt so profiled in my life. <laughs> I don't like Colin Jost. You're write me up to HR. <laughs> 
Michael, I have a complaint. Michael assumed that I was a huge Colin Jost fan. <laughs> I mean, okay. he's not. He's well, not you bad. like Army Hammer. I love Army Isn't Hammer. Isn't Colin Jost like the how TV dare you Army Hammer? How dare you? Don't even compare. Oh my god, to. I got a second write up with HR. <laughs> okay, Thatcher Wine, which is an amazing name, is a, he's a book collector and he also curates books for the rich. So he tells Town and Country that when Gwyneth Paltrow redid her house a few years ago, she hired him to buy five to 600 books to finish her shelves. He looked at what she already owned and expanded on that and chose books he thought her kids would want to read when they get older. He also based his picks on the energy and color scheme of the room, saying, in the dining room, we stuck to a more rigid color palette of black, white, and gray, since it was less of a space where one might hang out and read. Like, what is the point of buying books if you're not going to read them? Like, decorating with books. How boring. But really, I mean, I don't feel... I mean, I know that that book organizer got paid probably a ton of money to organize oh, yeah. those books. That's an amazing job. Because, like, she don't give a fuck what kind of... But she's never going to touch those books. No, but I feel bad, though, because that... That is a hard job. Like, when you go into Gwyneth Paltrow's house, how do you organize the books she already has? Like, do you divide them between body part that doesn't get treated by your bogus wellness treatment or by the number of the author's malpractice lawsuits of the bogus treatment? Both. But just, okay, so just before we recorded, I was like Mm -hmm. looking at my Twitter feed and I saw something about how Martha Stewart shaded Gwyneth again. (laughs) I love it. So so Martha has talked subtle shit about group Mm -hmm. before so thatcher wine should have done the lord's work by just putting martha stewart books on gwyneth's shelves just to (laughs) piss her off it's a good thing (laughs) so harry styles told rolling stone magazine that while recording his new album at rick rubin's studio in malibu he did shrooms to get the creativity going and one time while on shrooms he bit the tip of his tongue off and blood gushed out of his mouth as he tried to sing I'd love to find out later that they're like, they're like, wait a minute, these aren't even magic mushrooms. These are just, these are just porcinis. Those are baby bells we got at the farmer's market. Yeah. Yeah. He's so delicate and like, he's like such a delicate cherub that that's probably the case. Yeah. He got high from baby bell. He got tripping on baby bellas. After smoking a whole bunch of oregano. (laughs) The Daily Hive reports that a man named Michael Attar filed a class action lawsuit in Canada against Red Bull for false advertising. He argued that Red Bull claims that drinking their shit will give you wings, and he's never gotten wings from drinking a Red Bull. Michael's lawsuit was pretty much an exact replica of a lawsuit that was filed in the U.S. in 2013 for the same reason. Mm -hmm. So that lawsuit was settled for $13 million. And Michael tried to get a piece of it but couldn't, I guess because he's Canadian. So he filed a lawsuit in Canada. Red Bull decided just to settle that lawsuit, too, because they didn't want to go through, you know, all the long legal case. So they settled for 850,000 Canadian. And if you bought Red Bull in Canada between January 1st, 2007 and July 23rd, 2019, you might be able to get 10 whopping dollars. That's Did you buy any Red Bull between those? Do you drink Red Bull? No, I can't because that that uh, slogan is like completely bullshit to me. So when it says like Red Bull will give you wings, no, it doesn't make you feel like you're flying. Like for me, when I drink energy drinks, 
it feels like I'm trapped in the yeah. trunk of a car. I don't like them. Like no, I, I don't like I have, them either. I, I don't like drank, any part of them. I haven't drank a Red Bull since I think 2005. Uh, yeah, I mean, I put me too probably with vodka because yeah, you know oh, that's what you did back then. Absolutely with vodka. Oh my god, <laughs> that's all you. That that's just, all you're allowed to order. That just took me back. That took me back to like um, trucker hats and wearing like a dress over jeans and your oh. sidekick. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have a sidekick. I had like the. I had the shittiest uh, flip phone from Bell. <laughs> but like, I never liked that tagline. Like, Red Bull gives you wings no. because I don't like seeing red and wings together. If you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know what you're talking about. As yeah, a and a drinking over caffeinated period blood is not my <laughs> kink. So I'm glad that they. Well, they didn't really lose, but I'm glad that they realized. Mm-hmm. Okay, and finally, I've uh, I've gotten a few emails about this, so we're going to talk about it briefly. Mm-hmm. So Simon Cowell went vegan a while ago after he fell due to low blood pressure. That was a wake-up call for him. So he went to a naturopath who told him to cut out meat, dairy, sugar, and wheat from his diet. He lost about 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. So not only did he get skinnier in the, bo- skinnier in the body, but his face changed his face and he looks totally different google simon cowell face and it'll come up he looks like uh i was gonna say he looks like a department store mannequin where they like mispainted the eyes melted Mm -hmm. in the heat because they kept the thermostat at 83 Mm -hmm. degrees fahrenheit so he says he looks different because he lost weight so but one plastic surgeon told radar so grain of salt, mm-hmm. that he thinks Simon got too much Botox in his forehead, which made his eyes droop. And another expert also thinks he got bad Botox. What do you, what say you, Allison? Dr. Allison? Well, based on my appearance on daytime TV's The Doctors, <laughs> I wish. No, uh, when I looked at that picture, to me what it looks like is it looks like he hasn't been keeping up his Botox and his face yeah. started dripping. His, well, his eyebrows literally are like drip, drip. Like they're like oh, yeah, drip. his eyes are like, yeah, they're like falling off, mm-hmm. kind of. But to me, it, it, look, it could be from weight loss and just getting old. Like my eyes are fucking falling. Yeah, but like that, Michael? Not like that. And also like those <laughs> teeth. He got some new teeth, these plastic <gasps> chiclets, which... That doesn't that doesn't help. But when I, when I saw that picture, I was like... Now we know what Paula Abdul probably saw when she was like still tripping out on pills on American Idol. Like she'd look over at Simon and be like, Simon, is your face melting? And now the rest of us are catching up being like, Simon, is your face melting? Well, that was when that was her more coherent moments, Mm -hmm. I think, because usually it was just a blur. Mm -hmm. But like if it was bad Botox and whoever did is probably six feet under because Simon probably read them dead. Mm-hmm. He's he's mean. Mm-hmm. But well, at least those man chichis of his are still looking good. So that's that's good. Thank God. Before we go, we have a programming note. Mm-hmm. Uh we're off next week because of Labor Day. Ooh. But we'll be back the week after to start our big fall season. Mm-hmm. Award season begins in the fall and the leaves begin in the fall. Pumpkin spice. Oh, that's already started. Again, Michael, please stop profiling me. <laughs> <laughs> I so am really Colin excited. Jost, your dream boat will be back. 
on his yep. TV show. So anyway, so if you've got any ideas for our big fall season or just want to curse us out for our weird thermostat habits, you can email us at dtp at delisted.com. So till two weeks from now, happy Labor Day. Au revoir. Bye-bye.